Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we're talking about season eight, episode two, called What's Up, Tiger Mommy? And I just want to say, this is the third time we've done this. Oh my God. Episode. Oh God. It better turn out okay this time. And not because like we're worried about, you know, like <laughs> us so much. It's like you can't understand what we're saying because Zoom and like just the connection and stuff is so bad. So if this doesn't work, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> yeah. <God. laughs> I'm going to lose my marbles. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> we don't want that. No. <laughs> <sighs> like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> I know. I was like, we have to do it again. And Rochelle was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, please, dear God, no. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Have you seen The Office? I don't remember. No. Oh, he's like, no, no, God, no, no. <laughs> it's like the guy that he like hates shows up to the office and is working there again. And they're like, I don't know if they've told you, but this guy's working at the office again. He's like, no, 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 God, no. <laughs> this is how I feel about this episode at this point. <laughs> yeah, for real. And I like this episode. I think it's a kind of a funny episode. Yeah, it's a fun but, one. Like how many times? <laughs> Yeah. How many times does it take? Hopefully only three. (laughs) Third time better be the freaking charm. Let me tell you what. Okay. So we start out in Chicago, Illinois. We're inside a bank. It's daytime. A woman bank employee uh, brings a man towards the safety deposit boxes. The woman says, so sorry to to have kept you waiting, Mr. Villy. It's just, it's been so long since you checked in with us. We had to dig. I'm off to a great start. <laughs> Not like you said dick for a second. <laughs> I know I said, that wasn't what you said, but it did kind of sound like that. Uh, okay. Uh, we had to dig through our archives. Mr. Villy says, don't worry about me, dear. I've got plenty of time. The woman says, which box is it again? Mr. Villy says, one. <laughs> The woman says, I'm sorry, did you say one as in box number one? Mr. Villy says, if memory serves. So the woman unlocks the safety deposit box and carries it to a table. She says, during our last renovation, we had to replace the safe boxes uh, and we put yours inside of a new one. Mr. Villy says, ah, and he lifts uh, a box out of the one the woman opened. He unlocks it and smiles. The woman gasps. Mr. Villy takes out a bone, which shines with light for a moment. The woman says, I'm sorry, sir, but is that a bone? <laughs> like, um, you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Villy says, not just any bone, my dear, an extremely valuable one. The woman says, well, I'm happy we were able to keep it safe all these years. The woman says, is there anything else I can help you with today? And Mr. Villy says, well, yes, now that I think about it, I'd like to make a withdrawal. The woman screams, blood splatters all the safety deposit boxes, and we get our opening title sequence. Yuck. Yep. (laughs) So we cut to a restaurant. Sam, Dean, and Kevin are eating hamburgers at an outdoor table. Dean says, are you kidding me? You're kidding me. 
Kevin says, what? Is it too much to ask if we can swing by and check on my mom? Dean says, swing by? It's a day's drive in the opposite direction. You know that, right? Kevin says, yes, I understand. We're in a hurry. Dean says, okay, well then what's the problem? Kevin like, says, where am I getting confused here? <laughs> Kevin says, Channing, <laughs> I'll start that over. Kevin says, Channing's broken neck is my problem. As in, I'd rather not see my mom twisted into a corkscrew. Sam says, kids got a point, Dean. Dean says, stay out of this. Kevin, your mom is fine. Uh, Kevin says, how can you possibly know that? Dean says, because Crowley needs her to be, okay? In fact, he's probably got the place stacked with bodyguards right now, protecting her so that when you do show up, they'll pounce on both of you. Kevin says, is that supposed to make me feel better? Dean says, she's bait, man, plain and simple. And you want to swim right up and bite the hook? Look, we've got Crowley by the short and curlies, okay? All we need to do is find the tablet, whip up, whip up the spell, and boom, sunshine and sandy beaches. Kevin says, Dean, my mom's all alone. She's surrounded by demons. Can you really not understand why I want to make sure she's okay? Dean looks at Sam, who shrugs. Dean says, son of a bitch. And he puts his hamburger down and throws his hands in the air. He says, fine, let's go. <laughs> so we cut to neighbor Michigan. The Impala is parked across the street from Kevin's house. Um, Dean, Sam, and Kevin are all looking at the house. Sam through binoculars. Sam says, Tiger Mom, nine o'clock. Kevin takes the binoculars from Sam and says, where? Sam says, left window. And we can see Mrs. Tran through the window. Kevin says, she seems okay. Sad, but okay. Dean says, check out the mailman. Kevin looks through the binoculars at the mailman, putting letters into the trans mailbox. Kevin says, yeah, that's Carl. So what? Dean says, yeah, well, Carl's filled your mom's mailbox three times since we've been sitting here. Kevin says, he's a demon. Dean says, and see the gardener. There's a gardener uh, nearby watering plants in front of the house. Dean says, I think they plant. I think that plant needs any more water. <laughs> and we can see water running uh, onto a path down the stairs in front of the house. <clears throat> so uh, the gardener is still watering plants with his hose. <laughs> the, water, the water stops flowing. Is it yellow water? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the water stops flowing, so he walks around the side of the house to investigate. Dean stabs him with Ruby's demon-killing knife. Uh, the gardener screams and falls down dead. And then the mailman is walking along the street in front of the house when he hears a noise from around back. His eyes turn black as he goes to investigate. He walks through the unlatched gate to the backyard and finds Dean standing there. Dean waves, and then Sam steps out from behind the gate and stabs the mailman with the knife. The mailman falls to the ground dead. Inside the Tran residence, uh, Mrs. Tran and a woman are sitting at a table playing cards. The woman says, he'll be back. You just have to believe. Mrs. Tran says, thanks, Eunice, and I do believe. I just, I wish I could do more. Eunice says, Linda, you're doing all you should by staying here. He needs to know he has a home to come back to. There's a knock at the door, and Mrs. Tran opens it and finds Kevin standing there. Kevin says, hi, Mom. Mrs. Tran says, oh, Kevin, Kevin. And Dean and Sam step forward from either side of Kevin and throw liquid onto Mrs. Tran. Mrs. Tran says, ah, oh, what? 
Dean says, she's clean. Kevin hugs his mom, who cries with happiness in his arms. Sam says, you smell that? Sam and Dean walk into the house. As Sam enters the kitchen, black smoke pours from Eunice's mouth. Um, Sam chants in Latin, and the black smoke flows back into Eunice. Kevin puts his arms around his mom as she watches in horror. Dean stabs Eunice with the knife. Mrs. Tran says, ah! <laughs> Eunice screams. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Eunice screams as her body flashes with light, then falls to the ground dead. Mrs. Tran says, Eunice. Dean says, that's not Eunice. So we cut to Mrs. Tran sitting on a couch. Uh, Kevin sits next to her. Sam says, Mrs. Tran, your friend was possessed by a demon. Kevin says, have you ever seen The Exorcist? Mrs. Tran says, is that what you've been doing all year? Watching television? Did you really have to kill her? Dean says, the demon would have warned Crowley where Kevin was if we didn't. Mrs. Tran says, and Crowley is the one who kidnapped you. Kevin says, yes, he needed me to translate a stupid tablet so he can take over the universe or something. Dean says, which is why we need to get it so that we can slam the gates of hell forever. So we can slam. Huh. I'm going to start that over. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound right. It's like missing a word or something. Um, but that's fine. Uh, Dean says, which is why we need to get it so that we can slam the gates of hell forever with Crowley inside. Sam says, so that things like that don't ever happen again. Mrs. Tran says, prophet of the Lord, huh? It does have a nice ring to it. I'll get packed. And she gets up. Dean says, we're going to need a safe house since Crowley's rid of the cabin. So Mrs. Tran says, safe house? I thought we were going to get the tablet. Dean says, uh, we are. You're taking a trip to a demon-free zone. <laughs> Mrs. Tran says, and risk letting Kevin fall into the hands of this Crowley again? I don't think so. Sam says, Mrs. Tran, I'll do respect. Dean's right. Crowley, he's not just a killer. He trades in torment. And if he can find a way to separate you from your soul, he'll take that soul to hell and he'll roast it till there's nothing left but black smoke. Look, it's best if you just let us handle this. Mrs. Tran says, I understand, but it's not my soul I'm worried about. It's my son's. Dean says, Kevin, you want to back us up here? Came all the way down here to pull her out of the fire and now she wants to jump right back in. Kevin says, like, I can tell her what to do. Dean and Mrs. Tran look at each other. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. He finally chuckles and shrugs. Dean says, all right, coming with us has conditions. Uh, hex bags to stay off the bad guy's radar. Uh, you're going to have to get inked up. Kevin says, do what now? Sam says, <laughs> uh, yeah. And he pulls his shirt open to reveal his tattoo. He says, you too, shortstop. Keep the demons out keeps the demons out mrs tran says fine dean says really mrs tran says what like it's my first tattoo mrs like mrs. Um, hello <laughs> <laughs> mrs tran walks out of the room and kevin stares after her <clears throat> so we cut to inside a tattoo parlor parlor i am struggling here <laughs> that's fine <laughs> okay just like words what are they i don't know who knows? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Kevin whimpers as the tattoo artist inks his arm. Next to him, Mrs. Tran sits stoically as another tattoo artist works on her arm. She reaches her hand out for Kevin to hold. They both hold hex bags in their other hands. Uh, Sam and Dean stand in front of the, the tattoo parlor watching. 
Dean says, you smell it, Sammy? Sam says, burning flesh. Dean says, revenge. So close. Hey, how'd you do that reverse exorcism thing? Sam says, just said the verse backwards. Kevin squeals in pain as the tattooing continues. <laughs> so we cut to a bus station in Laramie, Wyoming. Sam and Dean walk separately through the bus station. Kevin and his mom sit on a bench waiting for them. Sam says, so the place is clean as far as I can tell. Uh, Kevin hands a key to Dean. Dean says, all right, positive thoughts. And he opens a locker. He and Sam look inside it and Dean takes out a bag. Dean says, you hid the word of God in a diaper bag? Kevin <laughs> says, no. I Dean mean, looks that would be not the dumbest idea. It's like, who's going to look at a diaper bag, you know? Yeah, totally. Although I guess <clears throat> probably if, you know, you need a diaper bag, that's probably where you keep most of your stuff. So there's that too, but yeah, I guess you're right. I don't anyway. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dean looks through the bag, which seems to be empty. Sam smirks. Dean says, shut up. Dean throws the bag back into the locker and slams the door. So we cut to some time later at the bus station. Kevin and Mrs. Tran are still sitting on a bench. Sam and Dean are now wearing their fed suits and are standing with a guard in front of the lockers. The guard says, been nothing but trouble with these lockers. Got broken to damn near every day for a while. Could never figure out who it was till yesterday. Sam says, oh, so you know who did it? The guard says, sure, it was Clem Smedley, the guy who worked the desk before me. What, what a, a name. name. <laughs> yeah, Clem Smedley. <laughs> I wonder it who thought that up. Sounds weird. <laughs> makes me think of clams. Yeah, I don't know what it makes me think of necessarily. It just like, it just sounds wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Dean says, please tell me he's down at County right now. The guard says, yep. Waiting for arraignment. Sam says, thanks. So we cut to the police station interview room. Clem and Sam are sitting at the table while Dean slowly paces nearby. Clem says, should have known they'd plant a low jack in one of them bags. Sharp guy, that Jerry. He'll be a fine replacement for me. Sam says, right. Well, in one of those lockers, there was a tablet. Do you know where it is? Clem says, can I even acknowledge that without my lawyer here? Probably Sam's, not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. That's smart. Sam says, uh, look, I'm sure we can work out a little something, something with the locals if you'll just cooperate. Clem says, what kind of something, something? And then we get a flashback to purgatory. Uh, Dean paces with his axe. Uh, Benny is standing in front of a monster that has his back to a tree. Benny says, I don't think he knows, man. So we cut back to real time in the police station. Sam says, uh, leniency. Uh, and then we go back to our flashback in purgatory. Dean puts a hand on the monster's shoulder and says, oh, he knows. Where's the angel? Um, cut back to the police station in real time. Clem says, so here's what I'm thinking. Full immunity from all charges, both past, present, and future. Dean takes off his tie. And he walks behind Clem, puts his tie around his neck. He pulls Clem to his feet and then pushes him against the wall and holds a knife to his throat. Sam says, hey, and he wraps his hand on the table. Dean, come on. Dean says, um, you feel that? And we cut to a flashback. Sorry, this is awkward with all the flashbacks. No, you're good. <laughs> um, we cut back to purgatory. Um, a monster says, there's a stream. Dean says, go on. The monster says, it runs through a clearing not far from here. I'll show you. 
Dean holds the tip of his knife against the monster's throat under his chin. Dean says, how about you just tell me? Uh, Sam in real time says, hey, back in the police station, Dean is holding his knife up to Clem's throat still. Sam says, Dean. Clem says, pawn shop, first in Maine. We cut back to our flashback of purgatory. Dean says, go on. The monster says, three days journey. Follow the stream. There's a clearing. You'll find your angel there. Dean looks back at Benny, who raises an eyebrow. Dean says, you know what, Mutt? I believe you. And he plunges his knife into the monster's uh, skull from under its chin. And we can see the knife blade in its open mouth. He zachariah him. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Dean pulls out his knife and the monster's head falls forward. We cut back to the police station. Sam says, Dean? Dean removes the tie from Clem's neck. Um, we cut back to flashback of purgatory. Dean walks away from the dead monster and past Benny who follows. Uh, I'm not sure why we needed to know that because we're just cutting back to the police station now. I don't know. <laughs> Dean walks. <laughs> <laughs> back to real time. Sam says, come on. So Sam and Dean leave the interview room. Uh, we cut to the Impala driving. A red Ferrari is parked on the side of the street. The Impala pulls up and Dean, Sam, Kevin, and Mrs. Tran get out. Kevin says, looking at the Ferrari, whoa. <laughs> Mrs. Tran says, hey. We cut to inside the pawn shop. Sam says, hello, sir. Agents Neil and Six, FBI. And he holds up a badge. He says, uh, we're looking for a tablet. Dean says, about a yay big, some kind of hieroglyphic crap on it. Sam says, sold to you by a thief named Clem. Ring a bell? The clerk says, nope. Dean looks at the clerk's name tag and says, hey, Lyle, I've had a really, really bad day today. I'm not. (laughs) Help me out here, man. (laughs) So I'm not in the mood to dilly dally. If you want to do this the rough way, I am happy to oblige. Lyle says, sure, we can do it that way if you want to get famous. And he gestures to security cameras. Um, uh, Mrs. Tran says, is that your car outside? Lyle says, what's it to you, mail order? Dean says, hey, and he slams his hand on the counter. Pow. Mrs. Tran says, I got it. I noticed you're driving with expired tags, maybe because you just acquired it in a trade. And I'm guessing that means you haven't registered it yet, which means you haven't paid the tax. Is that correct? (laughs) Lyle says, none of your business. Mrs. Tran says, Kevin, average blue book on a 2010 Ferrari F430 Spider. Kevin says, 217,000. Mrs. Tran says, and the 5% Wyoming tax? Sam says, 10,850. Mrs. Tran says, 10,000. Something tells me you're the type who might balk at a tax bill that big. Lyle says, what is this, an FBI audit? Mrs. Tran says, no, but my brother who happens like, I'm just saying, don't screw around with me. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Mrs. Tran says, no, but my brother who happens to work for the Wyoming tax assessor's office could arrange that if he thought something untoward was happening here. So what's it going to be the tablet or that piece of Euro trash crap you call a car. So we cut to the Impala driving away. Um, not sure why I wrote that because then I immediately wrote cut to a motel room. So we cut to a motel room. You think um, after three times I would have maybe crossed that out? But nope. <laughs> I 
mean, whatever. <laughs> uh, Sam knocks on the door of room 126. Sam says, you sure this is the right place? Dean says, it's what the pawn slip says. A uh, man calls out and Sam, Dean and Kevin and Mrs. Tran all turn. The man says, Kevin, the man is dapperly dressed and is holding a cane. Dean says, who wants to know? The man says, oh, relax, Dean. I'm not going to steal your profit. To Mrs. Tran, he says, ah, and you must be Kevin's mother. Um, Bo, and it is my absolute pleasure. And he kisses Mrs. Tran's hand and she smiles. He says, and um, Kevin, imagine my luck. Here I was working so hard looking for you that I never stopped to think that you might be looking for me. I have something for you. Um, Kevin says, what is it? Bo says, uh, holding up an envelope with Kevin's name on it. An invitation, dear man, to a very exclusive auction. Dean says, let me guess where you'll be selling the tablet. Bo says, well, when we acquire an item as hot as the word of God, it's smart to unload it as fast as possible. And we are in such a desperate need of a headliner for tonight's gala. Dean says, well, I hope you have three extra tickets to your little eBay party because the profit's with us. Bo says, oh, if you're worried about the safety of the profit, rest assured that we have a strict no casting, no cursing, no supernaturally flicking the two of you against the wall just for the fun of it policy. Which I think is pretty funny being that they get supernaturally flicked against the wall and <laughs> no supernatural flicking. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was nice of him to add. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sam says, is that right? How'd you manage that? Bo says, well, I am the right hand of a god, after all. Plutus, specifically. Dean says, is that even a planet anymore? <laughs> Bo says. Okay, dumbass. <laughs> I know. You sound pretty stupid right now, Gene. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to tell if he's just, if he's being serious or if he's trying to, like, diss Plutus, which yeah. could go either way, but sometimes Dean's not the brightest. <laughs> <laughs> Love them, but good grief. You know. He's the prettiest, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Bo says, it's the god of greed. And my lieges warded these premises against hell, heaven, and beyond. Quite necessary with some of the players we see. And incidentally, quite possibly the safest, the safest place your precious prophet can be. Hmm. Well, since time is of the essence, perhaps we'll just go ahead and add a plus three to the prophet's invitation. Copacetic? Bo tosses the envelope in the air and disappears. Dean says, well, thank you, Mr. Peanut. <laughs> All right. What do we have to bid? Well, we can't just show up there empty handed. Sam says, Dean, all we have to our names is a few hacked gold cards. Dean says, all right, well, then we're going to have to get creative. Sam says, huh? And he looks at the Impala. Dean says, no, mm-mm. say it and I will kill you, your children and your grandchildren. He's like, don't even go there, sir. This is not okay. <laughs> Sam says, okay, okay. Wait a second. They, these auctions, they display the items to the bidders beforehand, right? Dean says, yeah. So Sam says, so all we got to do is get Kevin close enough to memorize the spell. Dean says, what do you think, Brainiac? Think he can swing it? Mrs. Tran says, of course he can swing it. If the bumper stickers on my previa mean anything. <laughs> my honor roll student smart. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it says. <laughs> um, Dean says to baby, they didn't mean it, baby. So we cut to a warehouse at night. 
A man opens the door to admit Kevin, Sam, Mrs. Tran, and Dean. They walk through a metal detector, which sounds an alarm for Dean. Bo says, now, now, Dean, the system only works when everyone participates. So Dean puts his gun into a box holding other weapons. He holds up Ruby's demon killing knife and says, I'll be back for this. And he puts the knife in the box. Um, there's no way I would get rid of that knife. I no. would go and put it in baby. Like, well, but then they know that it's in there, right? Like, why did he even bother bringing it in? Like, I understand like other knives and guns and whatever, you know, like that sort of thing. But like, <laughs> yeah. why that? You know, yeah. wouldn't have brought that. Um, so we cut to sometime later. Auction attendees look at items on display in glass cases. The items include a sword, a manuscript, and a large hammer. Dean says, how the hell are we supposed to know who's who? Sam says, it's pretty simple, Dean. They're all monsters. Mm-hmm. Dean says, hey, hey. And they all walk over to a display case containing the word of God. Uh, a piece of metal has been placed in front of the tablet, so it can't be read. Dean says, great. Kevin says, I guess we're not as, as blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I guess we're not as original as we thought. Sam says, it's okay. It's okay. We just got to come up with a plan B. Suddenly, Crowley is there. He says, and what, pray tell, could possibly have been plan A? Bring the prophet to the most dangerous place on earth, memorize the tablet, and then vamoose? Hello, boys. Dean says, Crowley. Crowley says, Kevin, what a pleasure to see you. Sorry about your little play date. Her name? Ah, well, if you're going to make an omelet, sometime you have to break some, sometimes you have to break some spines. And who is this lovely young thing? Must be your sister. Mrs. Tran slaps Crowley hard across the face. Crowley says, ah, <laughs> Mrs. Tran says, stay away from my son. Crowley says, charming. Defiling her corpse has just made number one on my to-do list. Uh, He's Dean's- like, I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Dean steps forward and Sam moves to stop him. Uh, Crowley says, uh-uh, don't mind a little love tap, but anything more in our Mookie pals here may just throw you out. And that would be a shame. Sam says, he's right, Dean. It's not worth it. Crowley says, listen to Moose, squirrel. Uh, a bald man enters the room. Crowley says, ah, here comes our host. A man's voice says, honored guests, please take your seats. Dean says, that's Plutus? What is he, god of the candy aisle? Bo <laughs> says, gentlemen, the auction is starting. Crowley says, good luck with the bidding. Sam says to Mrs. Tran as they walk towards the seats, nice right hook. Which, I mean, she didn't punch him, right? Isn't a right hook a punch? Yeah, I thought, did she punch him or slap him? In my notes, I wrote that she slapped him. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I have Maybe she punched him and I got it wrong. (laughs) Uh, hmm. Okay. Um, A young man in a fast food employee's uniform walks up to Dean and says, Dean Winchester? Dean says, do I know you? The young man says, uh, no, but I knew Castiel. Dean says, you're an angel. The young man says, this was the nearest vessel on short notice. We don't usually come to things like this. But uh, Dean says, you're chasing the magic rock. The young man says, we protect the word of God. Dean says, well, awesome job so far. <laughs> uh, and he reads the young man's name tag and says, Alfie. The young man says, slightly sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The young man says, actually, my name is Samandriel. Dean says, let's just stick with Alfie. Samandriel says, I wanted to ask you about Castiel. What happened to him? 
Dean says, well, me and Cass, we, uh, I stick Roman and got a one-way rocket ride to purgatory for our trouble. Samandriel says, but you escaped. Did Castiel? Dean doesn't respond. And Samandriel says, you know, there are some in heaven who still believe, despite his mistakes, that Castiel's heart was always in the right place. Dean says, are you one of them? Samandriel says, I think too much heart was always Castiel's problem. And he walks away. We cut to a flashback of purgatory. Uh, Cass is washing his hands and face in a stream. Dean and Benny walk toward him. Dean says, Cass. Cass says, Dean. <laughs> and he stands Not up. Not looking as, super thrilled? <laughs> no, he doesn't look thrilled, um, which is surprising. Um, he stands up as Dean and Benny walk closer. Dean says, Cass. And Dean laughs and hugs Cass. And Cass doesn't hug him back, but clenches his fist. Dean says, damn, it's good to see you. Nice peach fuzz. Cass says, thank you. Dean says, you should meet somebody. This is Benny. Benny, this is Cass. Benny says, hola. <laughs> Cass says, how did you find me? Dean says, the bloody way. You feeling okay? Cass says, you mean, am I still? And he points to his head and makes circles with his finger. <laughs> am I still crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, yeah, if you want to be on the nose about it, sure. Cass says, no, I'm perfectly sane, but then 94% of psychotics think that they're perfectly sane. So I guess we'd have to ask ourselves, what is sane? <laughs> Dean says, that's a good question. He's Benny like, um, I don't know what to do in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Benny's got real serious. <laughs> <laughs> Benny says, why'd you bail on Dean? Dean says, dude. Benny says, the way I hear it, you two hit Monsterland and Hotwing here took off. I guess he owes you some backstory. Dean says, look, we were surrounded, okay? Some freak jumped Cass. Obviously, he kicked its ass, right? Cass says, no. Dean says, what? Cass says, I ran away. Dean says, you ran away? Cass says, I had to. Dean says, that's your excuse for leaving me with those gorilla wolves? Cass says, Dean. Dean says, you bailed out and what, went camping? I prayed to you, Cass, every night. Cass says, I know. Dean says, you know, and you didn't. What the hell's wrong with you? Cass says, I am an angel in the land of abominations. There have been things hunting me from the moment we arrived. Dean says, join the club. Cass <laughs> like, says, hello, I am the only human in here that yeah. they can eat. <laughs> yep. Cass says, uh, these are not just monsters, Dean. They're Leviathan. I have a price on my head, and I've been trying to stay one step ahead of them to keep them away from you. That's why I ran. Just leave me, please. Benny says, sounds like a plan. Let's roll. <laughs> Dean says, hold on, hold on. Cass, we're getting out of here. We're going home. Cass says, Dean, I can't. Dean says, you can. Benny, tell him. Benny says, purgatory has an escape hatch, but I got no idea if it's angel friendly. Dean says, we'll figure it out. Cass, buddy, I need you. Cass says, Dean. Dean says, and if Leviathan want to take a shot at us, let him. We ganked those benches once before. We can do it again. Cass says, it's too dangerous. Dean says, let me bottom line it for you. I'm not leaving here without you. Understand? Cass says, I understand. So they cut back to real time in the warehouse. Uh, someone wraps a gavel to begin the auction. Bo says, ladies and gentlemen, and other, welcome to this once in a lifetime event. Dean sits down next to Sam. Crowley says, Samandriel, slimming it, are we? Bo says, the first name and magical and alchemical esoterica. 
Um, Sam, Dean, Mrs. Tran, and Kevin all take out their wallets. Uh, the others pass, pass their cash to Dean. Uh, Bo says, our prices may be high, but our quality is unmatched, and we stand by our products. Crowley says, don't know why you're so keen on that hunk of dirt. So it tells you how to blast back a few demons? I'll just make more. Can't get rid of all my black-eyed boys, Samantha. Sam says, yeah, we'll see. Bo says, and across the plane, Sam says, all right, so how much do we got for plan B? Dean says, uh, well, we got our hacked credit cards, $2,000, and a Costco membership. <laughs> and you can buy everything in bulk that you need except for apparently water bottles and toilet paper and paper towels right now so whatever i'm not bitter about that at all <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bo says uh, our first item the amulet of hesperus um let's start the beginning what's the bit i'm gonna start that over <laughs> let's start the bidding with um three tons of dwarven gold dean raises his eyebrows and looks at sam Bo says, ah, this lady, I have three. Do I have four? Ah, four, gentlemen there, four. Going for five, five? Five to this lady. Do we have an advance on five tons? Sam says, plan C. Dean says, big time. Bo says, any other bids? Any other bids? Dean says, I'm going to go use the restroom. <laughs> He's like, I need to poop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Uh, Bo says sold Dean follows an auction staff member who wheels away a trolley containing auction items Um, the guy unlocks a room with a metal uh, with a metal door and pushes the trolley inside and then locks the room again and walks back toward the auction Dean bumps into him and says oh sorry Dean waits until the auction staff member has gone um, then holds up a key which he took from him uses the key to unlock the metal door. Two men are inside. Dean says, ah, this isn't the men's room. (laughs) And we see a close-up of the word of God on a table in the room. Dean says, okay. And he closes the door and heads back towards the auction. Bo says, our next item up for bid, the Hammer of Thor, Mjolnir, which I have the worst time saying. I don't know if I said that right. What do you think? I think so. Mjolnir? 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 I don't know. <laughs> I, I always call it Mew Mew. <laughs> I love how you say I always call it this. Like, how often do you talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> it's come up a lot with me and Eric. I don't know why. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, Mr. Billy says, a finger bone from the frost giant, Ymir. Bo looks at Plutus, who shakes his head. Mr. Villy says, uh, the bone and he holds up a bloodstained brown paper bag and says, five-eighths of a virgin. Yuck. <laughs> Dean walks back into the room and Plutus nods. Bo says, ah, sold. Dean hits Sam on the arm to get him to move to a seat over and sits down next to him. Dean says, plan C tanked. Crowley says, maybe you should try plan D for dumbass. <laughs> snarky (laughs) i know that was a pretty good one i mean it was pretty good (laughs) (laughs) i liked it um bo says our next lot the word of god and he holds up the tablet uh capital g very old very rare crowley stands up and says three billion dollars sam and dean simultaneously say whoa Uh oh (laughs) yeah samandriel stands up and says the mona lisa 
Crowley says, the real Mona Lisa, where she's topless. Samantriel says, Vatican City. Crowley says, Alaska. Bo <laughs> says, Palin and a bridge to nowhere? No thanks. Crowley says, all right, all right. The moon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. All right, fine, the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, you're bidding the moon? Crowley says, yeah, I claimed it for hell. Think a man named Buzz gets to go into space without making a deal? Bo says, uh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. It seems that our reserve price has not been met. So in order to just stimulate the bidding, we're going to add an item to this lot. He points and says, Kevin Tran, prophet of the Lord. Mrs. Tran gasps and Kevin disappears. Miss Tran stands up and says, no. Kevin reappears, chained near Plutus. Sam and Dean stand up, but an auction employee behind them forces them back into their seats. Uh, Bo says, Mr. Tran is the only person on earth who can read this tablet, which makes them a perfect matching set. Crowley says, so out of your league. Bo says, so do I hear a bid of um, Mrs. Tran yells, no, stop. I'll give you whatever you want. I have a 401k, my house. Plutus chuckles. Bo says, good effort, Mrs. Tran, but I'm afraid this is a little out of your price range. Mrs. Tran says, my soul. Kevin says, mom, don't. Mrs. Tran says, I bid my soul. Dean says, are you sure? That's a big move. Plutus says, interesting. Crowley says, if it's souls that you're after, I can give you a million souls. Dean says, hey, flyboy, are you going to get in on this? Samandriel says, we guard the souls in heaven. We don't horse trade them. Crowley says, so we have a deal. Plutus says, it's not about the quantity, chief. It's about the sacrifice. This little lady's soul is the most valuable thing she has. It's everything. Are you willing to offer everything, Mr. Crowley? Dean says, TikTok. Crowley says, fine, you win. TikTok, Mr. Daly. Have you seen, um, oh, what is it? Night at the Museum? Nope, I haven't. Oh, TikTok, Mr. Daly. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Crowley says, fine, you win. I bid my own soul. Plutus laughs. He says, Crowley, you don't have a soul. Nice Mrs. try, Betty. Yep. To Mrs. Tran, he says, congrats, sweetheart. Mrs. Tran says, thank you. Thank you. Crowley leaves the room. Kevin looks distressed and Mrs. Tran looks afraid. So we cut to some time later. Sam and Deed are sitting with Mrs. Tran in the room where the auction was held. Mrs. Tran says, losing my soul. Is it going to hurt? Dean says, probably. Mrs. Tran says, will I die? Sam says, no, you'll just wish you were dead. Mrs. Tran says, okay. Uh, Bo enters She's the like, room. She's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a tough cookie. I know. Is um, it going to hurt? Probably. Well, at least now I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bo enters the room and says, it's time. So Sam and Dean stand up and Mrs. Tran stays seated. Dean says, you all right? Mrs. Tran is on the verge of tears. She says, yeah. Can I, can I just have a minute? So Sam and Dean walk a few steps away. Sam says, Dean, this sucks. Dean says, are you kidding me? We're about to close the gates of hell forever. If you ask me, we got off cheap. Sam Bitch. and Dean leave the room. I know. Mrs. Tran stands up. Samantha goes up to her and says, excuse me, miss. Hi, my name is Sam. My name is Alfie. I'm an angel. Mrs. Tran says, who works at Wiener Hut? <laughs> 
the mandrel says. Even in moments of distress, the snap back that lady has. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, Samandriel says, no, this is, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, what you did in here was amazing. And I want, I, I want you to know that my friends and I can protect your son. The Winchesters are exceptional men, but they're just men. If Kevin comes with us, Mrs. Trans says, oh, no, no. The last time that angels tried to help my son, I watched them die and Kevin went missing for a year. So no offense, but I'm going to take my chances with them. Samandriel nods. So we cut to Mr. Villy picking up Thor's hammer. Um, he says, Mew. he says, Mew Mew, <laughs> I've missed you. <laughs> My precious Mew Mew. Uh, Steven, where is my Mew Mew? <laughs> he cradles the hammer to his chest and walks off. Bo and Mrs. Tran walk up to Sam and Dean. Dean says, where's the kid? Plutus snaps his fingers and Kevin appears. Sam says, what are you going to do with her soul? Plutus says, whatever I want. I might sell it, or maybe I'll just tuck it away with all my other precious objects. Let them keep me warm at night. He chuckles. Mrs. Tran looks afraid, but lifts her chin and straightens her shoulders. Plutus holds out his hands and says, whenever you're ready, dear. Mrs. Tran's hold out a, Mrs. Tran holds out a hand and steps forward. Dean says, wait. Dean grabs Mrs. Tran's outstretched arm and pushes up her sleeve. Her demon-proofing tattoo has been burned off. Mrs. Tran in Crowley's voice says, hello, boys, and her eyes turn red. Sam says, Crowley. Mrs. Tran, mother trucker. <laughs> I know. Always Ms. get in the way. Mrs. Tran flings out her arms and Sam and Dean go flying. Plutus says, no, you can't. My warning spells. Mrs. Tran says, your girl Friday showed me a few loopholes. Plutus looks at Bo, who smiles and shrugs. We get a flashback to uh, the earlier conversation between Mrs. Tran and Samandriel. Bo watches Mrs. Tran and Samandriel talk. Mrs. Tran says, no offense, but I'm going to take my chances with them. Samandriel leaves. Bo closes the door in Mrs. Tran's face and says, now that was very, very stupid. Bo grabs Mrs. Tran's arm and forces her against the wall. She screams as he holds up a cigarette lighter to burn off her tattoo. That would hurt so freaking bad. That would suck. Uh, The flashback ends. Mrs. Tran says, and all it cost me was an island in the South Pacific. I love a bargain. Bo stabs Plutus from behind. Mrs. Tran pulls out the stake from from Plutus's chest and hurls it at a man who is guarding Kevin. Mrs. Tran says, can't do all my tricks, but I can do enough. Kevin says, get out of her. Dean reaches into a box, uh, into the box of confiscated weapons and takes out his demon killing knife. Mrs. Tran picks up the word of God and says, if I had a nickel for every time someone screamed that at me. (laughs) Sam tackles Mrs. Tran to the ground and then uh, gets up and stands next to Dean in front of Kevin. Mrs. Tran stands up too. Uh, Dean says, getting in touch with your feminine side, huh, Crowley? Mrs. Tran says, something like that. Dean says, we'll come and get him. Mrs. Tran looks behind Sam and Dean at Kevin and says, one out of two ain't bad. And she runs from the room carrying the word of God. Dean to Sam says, watch the kid. And he runs after Mrs. Tran. Sam says, Kevin, don't let Dean take care of it. Bo, uh, Bo points a gun at Sam's back. Kevin says, Sam, move. Kevin pushes Sam away. Both shoots, but misses as Sam ducks for cover. Uh, Mrs. Tran runs through the warehouse with Dean in pursuit. 
Will continues to shoot at Sam, who is behind an upturned table with Mr. Villy. Kevin heads for the exit. Bo says, don't, and Kevin stops. Bo says, you know what's better than one private island? Two private islands. Sam comes up from behind Bo and swings like a private island. Ah, fuck yeah. Except, would there be a grocery store? And does that make it not private? Because Here's the thing, though, is that if you have enough money for a private island... (laughs) You could just get things dropped off (laughs) or you could just say to your staff, huh, this sounds like a good idea. And then it would magically appear sometime. (laughs) I was more in the line of like, how do I make sure I have enough toilet paper? (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if you have staff at your private island, pretty sure they can get you some toilet paper. (laughs) They can can get me my teepee. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Okay um so sam comes up behind Bo and swings thor's hammer at the back of Bo's head lightning crackles as Bo falls kevin runs out of the room mr villy says okay give it back give it back sam holds out thor's hammer to villy uh, and then stops and says where'd you get the five eighths of a virgin <laughs> mr villy smiles and shrugs i do and, <laughs> and he says oh no and sam swings mew mew at mr villy <laughs> Lightning crackles <laughs> and the hammer falls onto the pile of Mr. Billy's clothes. Um, so Mrs. Tran is running through the warehouse. Dean catches her and pushes her up against the wall. The word of God goes flying along the ground. Dean holds his knife to Mrs. Tran's throat and Kevin runs up. Kevin yells, mom, Mrs. Tran pushes Dean away and red smoke pours from her mouth. A door opens and Crowley steps out, brushing off his coat. Crowley says, well, that was exciting. Good luck closing the gates to hell. He picks up the word of God and says, without this, Kevin is crouching down by Mrs. Tran, who is on the floor. Uh, Crowley says, surprising what mommy dearest has rattling around in her head. Want to know who your real father is? Scandalous. What a mother trucker. Yeah, that was fucked up. Also, yeah, I want to know. <laughs> I kind of do too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dean says, Crowley. Crowley says, I know we're not mates, Kevin, but one word of advice, run, run far and run fast because the Winchesters, well, they have a habit of using people up and watching them die bloody. Toodles. Crowley waves and leaves the room. So we cut to sometime later. Uh, Sam and Dean and Kevin and Mrs. Tran are all in the room where the auction was held. Mrs. Tran sits unmoving in a chair and Kevin sits in front of her with a hand on her knee. Sam says, has she said anything? Kevin shakes his head. Dean says, listen, Kev, what your mom went through, it's hell. Trust me, I know, but she seems tough. She'll pull it together. Kevin says, you tried to kill her. Dean says, kid, in this life, Kevin says, shut up. I don't want to hear any more of your crappy speeches. I just want to talk to my mom alone. Sam says, sure, five minutes. Kevin says, mom, but Mrs. Tran's face is totally blank. So we cut to Sam and Dean waiting in the next room. Sam says, Dean, were you really going to? Dean says, what? Slit soccer mom's throat? Yeah, I was. I wish I had. Sam says, Dean. Dean says, it was Crowley, Sam. No matter what meat suit he's in, I should have knifed him. I mean, yeah, it would have sucked and I would have hated myself, but what's one more nightmare, right? Does it seem a little quiet in there to you? Sam opens the door to the room where the auction was held, but Kevin and Mrs. Tran are gone. Sam says, Kevin? Kevin? Dean says, you gotta be kidding me. He sees a folded up piece of paper on a chair and says, hey, Sam says, what? Dean unfolds the note and Sam says, what does it say? 
Dean says, uh, that they bolted, that they shouldn't, that we shouldn't come looking. And since we lost the tablet, the tablet, Kevin figures <laughs> tablet. we don't need <laughs> the, the tablet. The tablet. The tablet. <laughs> Kevin figures we don't need him. Sam says, yeah, but Crowley still does. What's the kid thinking? Dean says, he thinks people I don't need anymore. They end up dead. Sam says, Dean, that, that, that's not true. You know that. <laughs> when we get a flashback to purgatory, Castiel is hanging over the edge of a drop-off. A hand grips his arm, preventing him from falling. Castiel's Dean, Dean. The hand lets go and Cass falls a short distance away. Cass says, ah, Dean. And credits. Okay, so I'd just like to say that like episode one of this season, <laughs> this episode has been a big old bitch to us. <laughs> yes. A big old dingleberry. <laughs> <laughs> like for the first one, we had all these episode issues and having to re-record it and all that sort of stuff. And we did for this one too. But for this one, <laughs> for the second, we've already done the second half of this episode. It is gone though. It doesn't exist. And I remember, and we were both going through all of our notes going, we already talked about all this. Like, I know we did this. Where is it? I think my computer saved some random chunk of the first part of the episode as the second part of the episode somehow. And so either that, or we just thought that we did it because we did so many chunks of it so many different times. But the thing is, is like, we remember talking about all the things. So we know we did it. Yeah. It's just gone. Also as a little side note, um, <laughs> one of our Idjit Naspa moments previously was that um, Zoom was being an Aspet and messing up our recording. But in fact, it was not Zoom. It was my internet. So <laughs> my modem was just crapping out and we had to get it replaced. And since then, everything's been fine. So sorry, Zoom. <laughs> we didn't mean to sell your good name. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's had its issues though before for sure. So I wouldn't say it's a perfect system. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But yeah, mm-hmm. so we are now doing the second part of this episode for the second time. And it's been a hell of a, tie- a long time since we've watched this episode or since we've recorded the first part. Because we are on now to episode, what, six, I think, is it now? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to try our best. <laughs> to, like, we, don't, we don't remember a lot of it, is what <laughs> she's getting at. We were just like going over the notes like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that sounds that. right. <laughs> All right. So, it kind of yeah. helps that we did record the first half a couple times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a little bit more stuck in my mind than other episodes would be. But yeah, especially like if we had to do this with like Bitten or something, which I think is episode what, four? Like, if, yeah, it's four. Like if we would have had to do that one multiple times, oh Lord. <laughs> Oh, that one would kill me. Oh, <laughs> Without any spoilers, it would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to do that one again. That okay. one was rough. <laughs> Everyone's recording everyone and it, it's confusing, man. I know. <laughs> uh. It's confusing. But anyways, so my thoughts on this episode <laughs> is, okay, Mrs. Tran, um, 
she when when her and Kevin go to get their little anti-possession tattoos and all that sort of stuff, Mrs. Tran says this isn't her first tattoo. Um, what was her first tattoo? And how come Kevin doesn't know about it? Because clearly it's in a place that like he's never seen. He's never seen. <laughs> <laughs> so are we talking like okay, so I'm assuming that he's seen his mother in a swimsuit. He must have. So it's not a tramp stamp. Well, if she only wears one pieces, it could be. She doesn't strike me as a type of woman to only wear one pieces, but no, probably not. So oh, it's right. either on a butt cheek somewhere. <laughs> or like under boob. Or a boob, you know, like it's yeah. on a boob somewhere or a butt somewhere. I'm gonna go with maybe a butt one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the most reasonable I guess as far as like being able to hide it because I guess depending on like what cut of a shirt or something you wear you could still like get a peek of it you know that's true also that means she doesn't wear thongs if it's on her butt well why would she be wearing a thong around Kevin (laughs) 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 we don't know when she got it you know that's true been like after I don't know, Kevin grew up, you know, because generally speaking, I feel like most people see their parent like in the bathroom or something like that, like getting out of the shower when you're little, you know, and you yeah. notice something like that. So maybe she got it when he was a little older. Yeah, she must have. Like, and then at that point, she he wasn't going to be seeing nothing, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like, how far into this conspiracy theory can we get? <laughs> pretty far. And like, what was it? What would Mrs. Tran get as a tattoo? I bet it was a dude's name. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe the name of Kevin's father. Ooh, Probably only to be discovered when she like dies. Kevin would like know who his father was if she was willing to get it tattooed. <laughs> her body or maybe that's like one that's why he doesn't know is because she hid it because it's his dad's name Mm -hmm. yeah that's what I'm going for oh there's so many I I'm gonna go with that conspiracy theory I like it (laughs) (laughs) if only Kevin knew (laughs) I know didn't someone almost tell him who his dad was Crowley right Crowley yeah 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 I kind of wanted to know I know and I don't, I mean, spoiler alert, I don't think we ever find out. Nope. I so, don't think so either. At least not that I remember. Yeah. Possible that it's like mentioned like off the, offhand somewhere, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. So anyways, my other thought is that Mrs. Tran is a badass bitch. <laughs> Yes, she is. <laughs> I, she just like shows no mercy <laughs> at any given time. And I love it. Yeah. Like that lady's not somebody you want to screw with. No, nope, nope. sure. she's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Kevin's lucky to have her for a mom. I know. I just, I just like her a lot. She's one of my favorite characters, I think. Mm-hmm. And in real life, the actress who plays her is so like sweet and fun and like, I remember her doing some karaoke or it might've been at the concert at one of the conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, she was doing uptown funk 
(laughs) Yes. Yeah. And she was just like owning the stage, you know, (laughs) she was amazing. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. So what was your favorite moment from this episode? Okay. So again, I don't remember a whole lot of this episode, (laughs) but um, something that sticks out for me was when, um, towards the end, maybe the end, um, Sam and Mr. Villy are kind of hiding behind a table from, I don't know, somebody's attacking them. And Sam has Thor's hammer and he like, <laughs> Mew Mew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old Mew Mew. <laughs> And like, you know, smite somebody. And then um, Mr. Villy is like, give it back, give it back. And Sam's about to give Mew Mew back. And um, he's like, wait, where'd you get the five eighths of a virgin? <laughs> and then he like fucks up Mr. Villy. So <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even fuck him up. He splats him. Like he splats him. And then his clothes are <laughs> he just like disintegrates him it kind of reminded me of like you know those uh those electric fly swatter things like yeah he just blew him out of existence yeah (laughs) it was very satisfying what's your favorite moment uh so my favorite moment um is when mrs tran just like takes it to the guy in the pawn shop you know and she's like kevin what and like kevin is just like oblivious to like he's like i didn't know my mom could be this way and she's like kevin what's the average blue book for this and this and this and she he's like um this and she's like okay so and she's like and my you know cousin or something like that it's like in-law something somewhere you know he's like oh he was like an auditor or something for the irs or something like that and she was just like you know sam and dean struck out trying to get the tablet from this guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) kevin struck out and mrs tran is like you're gonna do this or else (laughs) yeah like okay okay (laughs) (laughs) it was great this is like tiny little ladies just like (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna screw you over <laughs> and it was fabulous um, so that was my favorite moment was Mrs. Tran just being Mrs. Tran <laughs> yeah yeah she's amazing and that's one of those things that like you definitely want her on your side not against you <laughs> oh yeah for sure um but anyway um so our interesting facts from this episode which of course I now don't have pulled up because (laughs) you know that's the way it goes (laughs) as it goes you know let me just go back here a little bit bitten oh no oh god (laughs) y'all hear about that when we go through that Uh... so okay uh, this is the first time that Crowley calls Dean squirrel. Oh, I didn't know that. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says Tyler Johnston introduced in this episode of Samandriel um, was also in season one, episode eight, um, the bugs episode and um, playing Matt Pike, which I don't. He was totally... the kid with the bugs. Okay. He was the kid with the bugs. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't totally remember, but I can assume that he was the kid with the bugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
It says the auction takes place in room 101, um, an allusion to the torture room in Orwell's 1984, um, which I don't know anything about. Go figure. <laughs> I don't either. Um, it says this is the first episode in which an exorcism is recited in reverse to, in order to prevent a demon from smoking out. Um, Does it ever happen again? I don't know. I don't remember it happening again, but also it's possible like I can't say that it ha- doesn't happen again but I don't remember it you know yeah I don't remember it happening but again. also I didn't remember this one happening so there's that too. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> um it says Sam and Dean's FBI aliases Neil and Six re- um, referred to Nikki Six and Vince Neal members of the rock band Motley Crue um the episode title is based on the Woody Allen movie What's Up Tiger Lily from 1966. Um, it says Mr. Billy is a Norse god and brother of Odin slash uncle to Thor. Billy um, and Odin, together with their brother, they, I'm guessing, um, slew the frost giant Ymir. It's Y M I R. Ymir, maybe? Yeah, that's um, nice. Mr. Billy retrieves. Amir's severed finger from the safe deposit box and trades it along with a partial virgin for the hammer of Thor, Mjolnir. <laughs> Mew. Mew. <laughs> Mew. Well, so, okay. So that's what it was. Cause we're like, where did he get the bone from? So it's, um, a frost giant's finger. Okay. That's um, a big finger. That's a big finger. I mean, the frost <laughs> giant, I'm guessing like a Yeti. That's like where my mind goes to is it's a Yeti, you know? Yeah. Um, it says in Marvel Comics lore, uh, no living being may lift the hammer unless they are worthy. Um, Sam easily lifts Mjolnir, smites the henchman, Bo, along with Mr. Villy, proving he is worthy. So he does get somebody else. Yeah, I, I knew it. But I mean... <laughs> Let's be real. How much of this do I actually remember? <laughs> <laughs> Bad. <laughs> That's okay. Um, it says the year before this episode was made, a book about Chinese child rearing practices, the battle cry of the tiger mother made the term tiger mom popular. Um, the term commonly refers to a pattern of strict discipline, hyper competitiveness, and insistence on the child being the best at everything and a refusal to tolerate anything less than perfect performance. There's a lot of controversy over this approach. Well, no kidding. <laughs> there sure was. I remember when that came out. We might have talked about this in the first part of the episode, actually. Um, I don't but... remember. I think I remember us talking about it, but I feel like it might have been during the second part when it got <laughs> deleted. So... Yeah, well, we talked about it once before. <laughs> We've talked about it before. Yeah. But yeah, like talk about giving a kid a complex, like good grief. Yeah. It was like a whole movement that happened because I worked for Barnes and Noble when it came out and it was, you know, on the bestseller list for months and months. And, you know, people were like adopting the ways of raising your child that way. And and, uh, yeah, sounds not great. You know, like just sounds like a way to like, fuck your kid up. Yeah. Are your kid, you know, like, they're going to, it's like, okay, they're never going to think that they're good enough, you know, like, because nothing that they ever do, unless it's perfect is okay. You know, Mm -hmm. like constantly in trouble all the time. You're just like living in fear of your parent 
all the time. Yeah. That's not the kind of relationship I want with my kid. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. Um, but anyway, (laughs) this is the first episode to feature Lauren Tom as Linda Tran, Kevin Tran's mother. So I, when I remember in the first part of the episode, I think talking about like, I think this is a different Mrs. Tran and it is. (laughs) And I was like, no, it's totally the same chick. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) No, you're right. You're right. Um, and I don't like, I think the biggest thing that like tipped me off, cause we didn't really, it had been a while since we saw Mrs. Tran. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that tipped me off was the haircut. That's the first thing I noticed because I was like, oh, but I mean, to be fair, Kevin has a haircut in this one too. That's right. Yeah. Like, I thought it was the same actress. So I was like, is that the same person? Hair. I don't think it is. It doesn't look like the same person. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, it says, um, after Bo's abrupt exit, uh, Dean growls sarcastically, well, thank you, Mr. Peanut. Um, Mr. Peanut is the mascot and logo for the Planters Peanuts Company since the early 1900s. Um, he is a walking, talking peanut, sporking, sporking, <laughs> <laughs> sporting a signature top hat, monocle and cane. <laughs> oh, Lord. Sporking. <laughs> Spork your eyes out. <laughs> oh man. Um, it says Mr. Billy is shown bidding five eighths of a virgin for Mjolnir. Um, we can assume he got the body pieces from the bank lady whom he killed. Yeah. So and she was not young, if I remember correctly. So yeah, she was. Really? I thought she was like, I mean, not quite like middle-aged, but you know, in her 30s. I mean, yeah, I would assume maybe in her thirties, but yeah. So that's kind of old to be a virgin still. Well, I mean, choices. Teach their know? own. Yeah. Teach you their know? own. No judgment. But... <laughs> I mean, whatever, you know? Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, to me, from what I remember her looking like, I would assume that she would be like mid to late twenties, maybe. Okay. But also I have no idea so there's that too (laughs) okay um excuse me um from our research for this episode um we went off of plutus because you know as you do um and this is off of greekgodsandgoddesses.net um it says plutus um which is the Latin spell. So Plutus in the episode is P-L-U-T-U-S, um, which is the Latin spelling of Plutos, I'm guessing with P-L-O-U-T-O-S, um, is the god of wealth. He was supposedly born on a Greek on the Greek island of Crete and is the son of a local hero named um, Laison um, and the goddess Demeter, who is the goddess of harvest and fertility. Um, he is often depicted as a boy carrying a horn-shaped container of wheat called a cornucopia. And it says, Plutus was originally the god of agricultural wealth. Um, the reason Plutus carries wheat was because he was originally meant to only represent wealth in terms of farming output, such as an abundance of crops. But he eventually came um, to represent wealth in general. It says, Plutus was blind. Um, The Greek god Zeus blinded Plutus when he was very young so that he would not just bless wealth onto good people and those who were deserving of it, but onto everybody. Um, I mean, I guess 
that's like fair, but why do you have to blind him? Why can't you just say, Hey, treat everybody equally. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. I don't know why you got to take his eyeballs from him. I know. What if he gives money to like a cow or something? Cause they can't see. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it says famed ancient Greek playwright Aristophanes um, once wrote a comedy about Plutus in which he regains his sight and thereafter only bestows wealth onto those who actually deserve it. <laughs> mm. Which I don't know. Like, I guess, like, how do you figure out who deserves it and who doesn't, though? Yeah, that's true. Like, by their looks, by being able to see. Must be some magical intuition. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is just kind of weird to me. Because. So that he wouldn't just bless wealth onto good people, but onto everybody. So, like, how do you tell by seeing someone, though, if they're a good person or not? Wouldn't you figure that out by, like, talking to them? I don't know. Or did he just, like. Maybe he just like had... just bestow wealth on the random people he came across. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't get it, but that's fine. Um, it says Plutus was also handicapped and had wings. Um, he was not just blind, but he was also handicapped. This was uh, to explain why wealth sometimes took a long time to come. He further had wings, which was meant to represent why he left a lot faster than he came. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says Plutus is often associated with Pluton, um, Pluton, who, uh, which is also written as, you know, a different spelling of Pluton, is a Greek god similar to Plutus. Um, he is the god of hidden bounty, and like Plutus, he's often carrying a cornucopia. Um, Plutus is often depicted as an infant in the arms of goddesses. Um, many depictions of Plutus show him as a baby sitting in the arms of either Tyke, Ty- I'm guessing. Um, who is the goddess of good fortune, or Irene, um, who is the goddess of peace. Uh, This is meant to show that wealth rarely comes alone. It often comes hand in hand with good luck or peace. Um, Mm. The word plutocracy derives from Plutus. Um, The English word plutocracy means a system of government in which the wealthy rule. Other English words that derive from Plutus include plutonomics, um, which is a study of wealth management, Plutomania, which is the irrational desire for wealth, and plutolatry, which means idolizing wealth. That's a hard word to say, plutolatry. Mm -hmm. I guess it's not that hard to say, but it's confusing. (laughs) Um, It says Plutus um, is often confused with Pluto. Every time I hear Pluto, I either think of like the planet or the little dog from (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, it says, while their names may sound from similar, um, Plutus is very different from Pluto, who is the god of the underworld, which I think I looked up and I feel like Pluto and Hades are the same person, just called different things at different Yeah, one's like the Roman name. Or something like that. Yeah, one's the Roman name. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways um that was our research for that there it's it's hard to find stuff on um 
gods and goddesses and stuff because generally it's just like oh this person son of this person this person or daughter of this person and this person is the god of this and like that's all you can find so yeah (laughs) it's a little tricky but yeah um, we go over enough of them that I feel like they should be talked about but uh, I had never heard of Plutus before this episode yeah I haven't either um so what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week Okay, well, this was um, a couple weeks ago now, back when it was still <laughs> sunny outside, um, Killian. And now it's Washington, so it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, now it's raining. Um, we went to karate class, and afterwards, it was, um, or they were handing out popsicles to all the kids, and um, Killian's was a red popsicle, because that's his favorite color. So we were standing outside eating this popsicle and, um, Killian is dribbling it all over his pristine white gi. Of course. (laughs) So, and I'm like, I'm like one, like dribble down his, you know, top. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. I can take care of that. And then he'll, he like took another lick and it like a bunch of it got on his belt. And I was just like, "Mm." come on, dude. (laughs) I know. And then he got it all over his pants. <laughs> and at that point, some, like, why do I even try? <laughs> yeah. Some man, I think someone's dad came running over with this tiny little square of a paper towel and, <laughs> and handed it to Killian. And then he goes, oh, I guess I'm too late. <laughs> like, Thanks anyway. And, you know, it's my fault that I didn't like get him out of his gi before he ate the popsicle because he always wears like shorts and a t-shirt under it, you know, so he would have been not naked, you know, on the sidewalk there. <laughs> but God, I was so in <laughs> <Ain't> a popsicle. <laughs> um, so I was a little stressed at that point because <laughs> there was so much red on the white outfit um but you know I think my mom was with us and she was like I'll just go to the store and get some bleach and I was like get some color safe bleach you know since he's got like patches and stripes on his belt and you know what I mean I don't want to just like wreck all of it you know (laughs) yeah I was like and so she did. And I was just like freaking out. I gave myself a little like stress headache about the whole thing. So I was like, we're going to have to buy like a whole new gi and like, <laughs> you know, ugh. but um, one wash in the washing machine with the bleach and it was perfect. So and it ended up okay. If you get like some bleach in a cap and put, use it with a Q-tip and dab it on there, just mm-hmm. kind of let it like get it that way um I've done that a few times um okay and that'll take it off Uh, you just have to make sure you rinse it right afterwards so that way it doesn't like sit there and eat the fabric (laughs) but yeah yeah I was like so happy that it turned out fine after just like one attempt in the washing machine because I was like I'm gonna be up all night and then this is gonna be the worst (laughs) yeah we're gonna end up buying a new outfit anyway and And my mom had like hemmed this outfit and we had you know gotten patches on it and had his name embroidered on it and like it was no it was a lot (laughs) so anyway (laughs) yeah it all worked out fine but yeah. you know, no red popsicles in the ghee is a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was your idiot or aspect moment? Um, so mine 
I feel kind of bad. It was, it was, you know, hot when this happened. And apparently Toby drank down the water to where it was too low. And I don't like, it wasn't that way for that long. I don't think, but it was low enough to where, cause I have where I had <laughs> two goldfish in the little like water tank to eat like mosquito larvae and all that sort of stuff, just bugs in general. Like mm-hmm. people put them in there because they're like, oh yeah, it helps with the algae. It doesn't, but I mean, at least uh-huh. for like bugs and all that sort of stuff, it does seem to help a little bit. So, um, <laughs> and the water got so low that the one found like a little like pocket in there and it was fine. But the other one just must have gotten boiled a little bit. Oh, no. I feel bad. And it was, like, barely hanging on. So I'm, like, I run and I get the hose and I'm putting water in there and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I get a water bucket and I put the one in there and it's kind of stunned but doing fine. The other Mm -hmm. one is in there and it's half clinging on but not really. And then Travis, bless his heart. So I'm filling up the water trough and he grabs this fish and is like running it through (laughs) water, trying to get the water to go through the gills. Oh my (laughs) God. Give it fishy CPR. I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't think that's a thing. (laughs) And I think the poor thing was so trauma. I feel like if he would have just left it, it might've been okay. But the poor thing was so traumatized from like, getting flung through the water (laughs) yeah but he killed it and I mean it was already pretty much dead anyway so it wasn't going too far but at least it got to feel some cold water at the end but um (laughs) he just like the thing is like clearly dead right but he's like I can bring it back and he's like swimming it through the water and nothing (laughs) is happening and it gets to the point where there's just like fish scales coming off in the water tank because it's like dead right and he's Mm -hmm. convinced he can revive it and he's just like blasting it to pieces into the water I'm like dude come on so that was kind of like I was an ass butt for letting the water get too low and (laughs) Travis was a little bit of an ass butt for (laughs) torturing the poor fish to death yeah But, but either way at least at least, I mean, the thing probably wasn't going to make it. So I just tell myself that, well, he might've just helped it along a little faster rather than like yeah. having you guys, it float around. You guys had good intentions. We had you good know, intentions. We weren't know. trying to kill it or anything, but yeah, it, I feel like it might have like had better luck if we would have just left it alone. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Mm. I'm like, you need to quit doing that. he's like I can't it'll I can do it I can bring it back and I'm like you're not gonna bring it back (laughs) he's just like swimming it around in there trying to I was like oh my god but anyways so yeah that that was my my moment ass butt moment (laughs) killing one of the goldfish but the other one is just fine and now like I don't know I think it's because I like um, you know, refill the tank often enough and scrub it out and whatnot that like the goldfish has gotten used to me just like picking it up out of the little bucket that I keep it in. So I don't blast them into oblivion with the hose. <laughs> like once I get enough water in the bottom of the trough or like in the trough, I'll just put them in there and he likes to swim around in mm-hmm. the current. And so he'll like 
swim up to the hose and then get blasted back and then swim up to the hose and get blasted <laughs> back like blazing it uh she i don't know i don't know what it is yeah. but it's like it's a very friendly goldfish so i go to like i'll grab it with my hands to kind of just like pick it up and put it in the thing and it just kind of lays there doesn't flop around and try and escape he's just like okay i'm going back into my home now you know yeah so I have a routine with this goldfish yeah that so, sounds nice you know it's fine i don't she I likes mean, you let me catch it very easy when it's in the the tank but <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean that's fair you know yeah but who says a goldfish can't learn something <laughs> i mean most people but still no i was gonna say i think everybody because <laughs> they have such short memories right i know but like when does short term turn into long term you know i don't know i think i saw in a movie once that it was like a like a 10 second like memory span that they have but oh yeah that was a horror movie and not real life well so- no i've heard that um goldfish have 10 second memories I've, i think i looked it up at one point too oh okay but oh, okay. like at what point because you know short-term memory and long-term memory are two different things so like yeah at what point does short-term turn into long-term maybe it just like knows that if there's hands grabbing it when it's in its little container that it means it's going into the bigger one so it's just like let's go you know <laughs> like, yeah i don't know huh. i feel like i need to look this up now <laughs> I know, (laughs) but at any rate, (laughs) okay. well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgits and aspects podcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under idgits and aspects, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your idgit and aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.